Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is Kim. And this is Carmen. And we basically solve all the world's problems here on the podcast. Just kidding. We talk about holistic healing. We explore ways to change our thinking um, and the mind-body connection to stimulate healing in our body. So you know, all that mind-body-soul stuff. Yep, that's what we talk about each week. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. I just wanted to give this woman a proper introduction because we are so excited to have her on this podcast. So Dr. Higgins is leading the battle for addiction and thinking about it differently, thinking about mental health differently. Just like Dr. Carmen and I are on a mission to change the way we do mental health here in the United States. It's no longer this one size fit all approach where we just keep showing up every week, year after year. This is really getting to the root cause approaching it through mind, body, and spirit. And Dr. Higgins is doing this through genetics and genetic testing. So let me introduce you to this amazing woman. She's the founder of Wired for Addiction. Dr. Higgins is recognized as an international expert in the science of addiction recovery. As a certified addictionologist, diplomat of the American Board of Disability, analyst specializing in pain management, and a diplomat of the American College of Addictionology and Compulsive Disorders. Dr. Higgins has led, had the honor of advising the U.S. Surgeon General, producing and hosting a Gracie Award-winning nationally syndicated health and wellness radio program, and serving as a 1996 Olympic team doctor and Olympic torchbearer. She has 35 years in practice, specializing in the clinical application of the neuroscience and epigenetics behind mental health complexities. Recent events, including presenting at the 2023 Executive Summit on Addiction Treatment in Hawaii and honored as the 2022 TEDx Speaker, 2022 International Society of Substance Use Professionals Annual Conference Panelist in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, 2022 International Gambling Conference in New Zealand Speaker, 2021 nominee for Modern Healthcare's Top 25 Innovators in Healthcare, 2018 and 2023 Compass Transatlantic Speaker, and frequent national media healthcare commenter. Dr. Higgins finds herself at the nexus of epigenetics, neuroscience, and health. And this is an incredible episode. Dr. Higgins just enlightens us with what she is doing with genetics, how she's using testing and the new technology we have to really start essentially hacking the brain, figuring out where the genetics are that are leading us to mental health issues or leading us to addiction. And I'm just so excited to have her on here, guys. This episode is so interesting and is definitely changing the way that we're doing mental health here in the U.S. And it's going to also influence the next chapter of our coaching practice. I just believe, Dr. Carmen and I do, that when we can give the human body what it needs from a biochemistry perspective and help you support your genetics through epigenetics and neuroscience with neuropathways, the sky's the limit then for human potential. So let's get started and dive into this amazing episode. 
Welcome back, friends. This is episode 143, and we have a very special guest today. We have Dr. Higgins, who is an addictionologist, and she's doing some really cool work in the addiction-filled mental health world uh, with genes and neurotransmitters, which is like a perfect interview to have with us since we're in that world as well. So, so excited to have you here. Thank you for being on with us. Oh, thank you so much, ladies. It's my pleasure, Dr. Carmen, Kim, Kim. Very excited because we're speaking similar languages. Yes. Yeah. And there's not a lot of us that are speaking the same. Got band together. Yes. yes. Very true. Yeah. Um, yes. Thanks for for joining us today, Dr. Higgins. We were hoping if you could uh, just kind of start out, tell us a little bit about um, kind of what got you into addictionology and um, how far you've been able to take it because you've been you're doing some very exciting work uh, okay. in this field. Sure. Um, so I start. I've been in practice for 34 years. Started in. Um, disability, pain management, saw people becoming addicted that long ago. And then as, and that was in a rural area, 20 years after that, I'm in an urban area and I'm seeing that same thing, but the addiction happening at a much faster pace. And it was the try this, try method to pain meds. You know, it's throw, throw a dart against a wall and hope we're somewhere close. And if we were getting the results that we were after, I would have never gotten to where I am today with the kind of work that I do. Um, second reason was a personal reason. I married a man who was an alcoholic. We had a child together. And a year after that, found out that he was adopted. So now I needed health history information. I need to know where is everything that you come from? What does that piece look like? What are we bringing to our daughter? And that those two things together really became the impetus for what I do today in um, treatment of addiction. I gave a TED talk, understanding the biomarkers of addiction. And in that, I go through that story. But that's kind of the Cliff Notes version of how I arrived at where I am today. I watched that TED talk. It was very oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Sure. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, so your program is very unique, right? Um, in that you're looking at um, those biomarkers and sort of the, the, the genetic right. factors. Um, right. Can you share with our listeners a little bit more about, about that? Kind of, yeah, sure. kind of explaining. We haven't really talked about um, a lot about biomarkers and like SNPs with our folks. Sure. And yeah, sure. if you would be willing to share, that'd be fantastic. Absolutely. We look at 85 different biomarkers and um, start out with the piece that I think you guys do look at neurotransmitters and hormones. And then we go to the genetic SNP part, which we have a patent on that lab panel. And a great study just came out from the NIH last week talking about SNPs and addiction. And finally, we're getting to this place of, yeah, that this actually has an impact in someone's predisposition. So we can actually see you have a predispos predisposition for mental health condition, for an addiction. People say, well, can you tell me if it's alcohol, if it's um, opioids, if it's gambling? If No, we can't. But we can tell you that like any addiction starts out with a diagnosed condition that's not being treated properly, an undiagnosed condition or a trauma where someone starts to self-medicate 
-hmm. And that self-medication works until it doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where we get to the point of addiction. So these biomarkers can change the trajectory of someone's life that, you know, to me, the sweet spot being an optimist as I am would be for someone to do this when they're young and know, hey, I don't have wiggle room to dabble here. You know, you get to an age where your friends are going to say, hey, let's, this is what we're going to do after school. Cool story. We're going to go, and we're going to go drink, or we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And for you to be armed with that information going into those years of your life saying, this is not a place for me to fool around because the following day when your buddies say, yeah, we're not going to do that again. You're like, oh, I'm in. I want to do it again. As we can see that within those biomarkers. So sorry, I'm not the doctor of these relationships currently. (laughs) Um, So genetically, we're born with this is what you're saying. I'm just trying to like figure out like the born and the epigenetics. Epigenetics. Perfect. Yeah. Glad you brought that up, Kim, because we are born with our DNA, right? Here's your cards, play them out. But we also know with the exciting field of epigenetics, probably to me, the most exciting thing that's happened in our time that we can turn these genes on, turn these genes off. So this is where the power comes back to the individual. If you know that this is something within you, that you have a predisposition and you say, okay, I can't dabble here. We have to make sure that we don't say to these genes, hey, go have fun, take off, you know, go have a party, that that's where the power lies to the individual. It's first to recognize it, right? And then once you recognize it, say, how am I gonna play it out? Okay, so, And then I'm also hearing you say like with mental health, there is a genetic. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But sorry, I'm I'm like formulating. I can see you thinking. Okay. (laughs) So like, okay, I'm born with like, let's say a genetic component of like, I is depression. Are you considering that one of them? Yes. Okay. So depression, that switch is not flipped. It's off. Mm-hmm. right then something happens in my life or my brain makes an interpretation of an event correct right yep. which yep. flips the switch on then yep. um so you're saying okay but with the science that we're using kim we can then recognize that switch has been flipped on what do we need to do to flip the switch off and then what tools do you need so you can be able to manage this to not flip it on or have the tools to flip it off when it is turned on is that kind of where we're headed yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and, and to do the segue from the mental health to the addiction part of it, anybody who has an addiction pretty much is looking at a co-occurring disorder, whether that's being diagnosed or not, you know, nobody would say, Hey, I think it's a really great idea to go ruin the rest of my life today. That's not how it works. Right. We don't wake up one day. Let me lose my family, my friends, every, my whole life, my job. So there's always something else going on there. So we have to look at that part of it, too. Is that being treated adequately? Are we addressing everything that we need to? So, yeah, those things go hand in hand. Yeah. Like in my world, in the coaching world, we call those buffers. Yeah. So anything that we do that creates a negative net gain. So like Netflix like it's fine until we watch Netflix seven hours a day, every day. And now it creates a negative net gain. So from my standpoint, all humans are utilizing some form of buffering to avoid an emotion they don't want to feel. And that for me, that's like 
there was some emotion that somebody didn't want to feel. And instead of like, because we don't teach proper emotional, like where do our emotions come from? How do we process them? Right. We like lean towards like, okay, I'll choose Netflix or porn or alcohol or this just right. to help me feel a different emotion. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so as, as you know, um, addiction is a biopsychosocial disease, a triangle, right? But we're really only been looking at the psychosocial parts of it with the biology being, well, make sure you get sleep, adequate sleep, make sure, you know, your nutrition is good. And we haven't really been diving into the physiology of that individual. So it, it is hand in hand. We have to do the behavior modification of, okay, you've been watching Netflix for a week. You didn't go to work or you went to work, you know, and really worked an hour of your eight hour day because you were so wiped out. We have to change that behavior. Right. So it's both parts. Yeah. And from my standpoint is like, so I use the model. I don't know if you're from, are you familiar with the model from the life coach school? No. Okay, so the model is CTFAR. So circumstances, they're ne neutral. Okay. We have a thought about the circumstance. The thought chemically creates an emotion. Mm -hmm. Emotions drive our actions as human or in actions. And our actions create the results in our life. So for right. me, it's like, okay, yeah, we got to change the behavior, but we got to go to the thought line. Right. It's creating the emotion that's driving this behavior. You got it. You got it. Yep. Yeah. Stuff. That's exciting. So then when we, so from my perspective, we, um, often address, I call them imbalances, right? <laughs> uh, either in our thought process, either in our biochemistry, in our nutrition, um, in our macro micro micronutrients that are available. Right. Um, uh, so I don't, always identify SNPs, but, uh, or those, yeah, um, biomarkers or changes, but oftentimes you can see that in people's behaviors or sometimes like in their history, um, yep. especially around mental health concerns, um, anxiety and depression. If there's a little bit of a family history there, if they've kind of struggled with things in elementary school, you know, at a younger age, um, and sort of that kind of sets them up for how they perceive uh, events or traumas that occur uh, in right. their um, in their youth, right? And that directly influences how yeah we react in um, our worldview as adults. Even. Sure. Yeah. Um, so um, so the way that I interpret that in my practice is that um, especially around like most common that I'm familiar with is like MTHFR, um, SNPs or MTRR. Mm -hmm. I haven't really talked about that on, on our podcast before either, but, um, uh, recognizing, right. Those, um, biochemical ingredients, right? Like what forms of different vitamins, what forms of different minerals, um, would be more beneficial for somebody who, yeah. Um, right had some of those SNPs. Yep. So um, correct me if I'm wrong. So I'm assuming that with the information and with the labs that you collect, uh, that that also helps to identify like areas where people could use a little bit more support if you know that, yeah, um, certain pathways are not uh, moving along the way that we expect them to. Right, right. Yeah, we, we look at probably a dozen 
um, within the methylation process, a, a dozen different SNPs that most people are, are familiar with the MTHFR, but there are others that yeah. are part of what make all that work. So we identify all of those. Also in, in that type of thought pattern, something called autophagy is, um, this was only uh, discovered in 2017, the process of it by a Japanese uh, physician who actually won the Nobel prize for it where he the autophagy is basically like the garbage man of your cells so if we're not removing that garbage that stays within us that's going to create havoc on a cellular level so there are so many different parts that we look at that make up these 85 biomarkers yeah so then i suspect that um when you are working with folks that it's not only just uh, specifically addressing their maybe more addictive behavior or tendencies or the risk for addiction, but also just their entire mental health. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah. And all their neurotransmitters kind of cross the board. Absolutely. It, they all play a role. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting. Sometimes people will say, well, how come until this individual was 30 years old, we never saw this behavior. It was always there, but there was nothing from the outside force, from the environment that turned those genes on for us to now see this behavior. Yeah, okay. Um, so we do a lot of work with neurotransmitters and hormones and sort of that relationship, um, yep. our sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, right. DHA, as well as our cortisol. Um, uh, do you see a, 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 that relationship as far as like the SNPs and the genetic biomarkers go? Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You see it play out in those hormones and those neurotransmitters, right? You see the symptomatic person. You have that snapshot of them when you see that lab, right? The, the, the part with the SNPs gives us the underlying factors. Why are those neurotransmitters or why are those hormones the levels they are? What else is going on to create that? result okay so it all goes hand in hand yeah that's exciting because usually we see folks kind of yeah from that symptomatic right and then we're kind of um going kind of backwards in that sense right. Right. Yeah. um when from your perspective and from your science yeah you uh are kind of it's not it's not just getting to the root cause but it's kind of getting the the whole map right like you're getting to kind of see the whole um exactly. map and what we see is kind of the terrain trying to get to right let, let's just talk about like, for example, one of the neurotransmitters, serotonin, because most people have heard that because of the amount of SSRI drugs out there, right? So if someone has been on X amount of different types of SSRIs, as you both know, it'd be like, well, let's change it to this. Let's half this. Let's double this, right? And we go on this roller coaster of maybe the person starts to believe that, do I really want help? Do I want to be better? You know, I've been on all these meds and nothing's working. It doesn't have to do with that. It has to do with, we look at particular biomarkers and if they have a polymorphism in this homozygous polymorphism, an SSRI is not going to be effective for that individual. So what's gone on of the 10, 15, 20 years that a person's been trying to get this figured out just from the emotional standpoint of, is it me? Did I just not want to be better? Do I like owning this quote unquote depression that's going on? So we can take such a deeper dive into it as a result. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. I think it's, yeah. it's very exciting. Because it really it's, is exciting. It's, it's a game changer for where we're at. 
it, yes, I could, I could totally, I could definitely see that as being a game changer because um, it's not that you're just gathering more information, right? Like we talked about folks of doing labs and gathering the data and trying to figure out, yeah, um, what that looks like and, and, and applying that to our individual pictures, our individual situations. Right. Um, but it's kind of as if you're kind of getting to see kind of behind the curtain because all our genetics is always different, right? Like, yeah. um, and I tell folks that can be why something may work for me, but may not work for the next person Perfect. because of yep. those, those genetic differences. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, well, do you have any questions, Kim? <laughs> Sorry, I'm the one who's left to like interpret all this into layman's term for the people like me that don't have a, doctor degree <laughs> so I think I heard and correct me if I'm wrong uh so I'm gonna take it to the story like okay I'm a kid I came from a parent that like suffers from I think her tr trauma that creates depression so then what I'm hearing you guys say is like I'm born with some genes that have snippets that could lean me towards that way and because of those snippets, it impacts how my brain interprets events. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a good way to say it. And then if, if you never have in your life any type of situations that become stressful to you, you may not see those snips come out in the same way. So that individual may not live out like their mom the same way, but it's there. Yeah, well, that that human doesn't exist, right? Like the human right. experience is 50-50 for all of us. Yeah, so that's what could like, because I've always wondered between my brother and I, my brother has a very different interpretation of our childhood. Hmm. And my brain always like was making not so great a meaning about things. Like, like <laughs> there was something wrong with me. And from our work with Dr. Carmen, I thought it was like, okay, when I turned 13, I I had my period and then I was estrogen dominant. And then this led to depression, suicide ideation behaviors. But what I'm hearing you say is like, no, let's go back to genetics. Your snippets were causing your brain to interpret things from more of a negative slant, which then leaned that way. Is that accurate? Yep. Yep. That's a, that's a good way to, to say it. Yep. And how do you, how do we fix that? Then. So just like when you are looking at neurotransmitters, then you go to biochemical pathways, right? What do we need to do to support these biochemical pathways? With the SNPs, it's the same thing. Here's the biochemical pathway of each one of these. So that's what we do. We do when we do an evaluation on someone, it's it's each one of these SNPs of if we have a problem within it, if we have an error in that genetic coding, what are we going to do? What's going to support this? Could you give me like an example? Um, we, we use nutraceuticals, we use pharmaceuticals. It depends on the individual and what we're seeing. Okay. Uh, so like with Carmen and I, like, let's say it was like the dopamine pathway to norepinephrine, like it has to have like vitamin C. I'm just using one of them again. I'm not a doctor, but like, okay, Kim supplement with vitamin C to help this conversion. You're saying we can do the same thing for genes. Correct. Correct. Because it's still the same things. It's still coenzymes. It's still enzymes. It's still all the cofactors. It's the vitamins. It's everything that makes up our body, right? You, you think about the way we think about health in the United States. 
there's not a single cell in our body that's made up of a pharmaceutical, yet that's our go-to for everything, right? Right. So when right. we're trying to figure out these biochemical pathways, what we're actually looking at is, are these things, the cofactors, you know, everything that makes up our cells. That's We've just been programmed exciting. to think a different way. <laughs> that's super exciting now that I'm understanding it better. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it really gives us- it through food or supplements. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it should say to somebody, wow, I mean, I can actually make- a really big difference in my behavior, my outcome of my life versus the rest of my family. You're not, there's not the doom and gloom card to play out anymore. Yes. You know, like, well, my mom died at 40. Looks like I might as well have a good time. I'm turning 40 next month. You know, that type of mentality. Yeah. It's, this is the beauty of science, but like, it's, let's use it. Let's not just talk about it, you know, (laughs) let's use it. Yeah, but I'm thrilled that the NIH came out with that study, but it's like, all right, guys, we have to change the way we think to follow that study. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love about Dr. Carmen and like licensed naturopathic doctors, right? It's not yeah. like Kim takes this. It's like, okay, here's your neurotransmitters. Here's your progesterone. Here's what we're going to eat and supplement to get right, your body right. to produce normal levels. Like exactly. you feel so hopeful exactly i've been the other route like i had six therapists i had i went that route and still ended up in the psych hospital for suicide mm-hmm. it doesn't work yeah in my opinion yeah. <laughs> yep yep well obviously i mean you're here to say it more than your opinion right it's it's factual yeah and i have a master's degree in counseling so it's not like right it wasn't for lack of knowledge right yeah. right sorry my tangent go ahead carmen <laughs> That's all right. Um, Yeah, because it is exciting because so here's what I hear and and how I'm interpreting it is that um, because of each individual, and this is what I often tell folks, I was like, okay, um, there are expectations I have of the body, there are expectations I have of the brain, right? Like when we provide those cofactors and um, the uh, nutritional support, I expect things to change, but for some people, they may not because of the genetics, right? You got it. You nailed it. Yep. You nailed it. So that's why, right. um, I tell folks, okay, that's why I try to give them a little bit of a timeline of, okay, this is what I expect, but you may not follow that, that timeline and that's okay. We just will have to tweak things a little bit as we go until we kind of find the right spot um, to, to, to match your situation. Right. Exactly. So you exactly. with uh, your um, micro or your uh, biomarkers, right, and with those uh, labs and that extra testing, you're taking you're taking a lot of the guesswork out of it. That, yeah. That's that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, which is very exciting because then people get results faster. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, and, and, so- and the the it doesn't make sense. You know, so many times when we explain something to people whose lives are really upside down as a result of what's going on, they start crying. Their family now understands where that behavior has been coming from. And all of a sudden we have people that want to work together. Right. Right? Makes such a difference. Yeah. I think it pulls the stigma off of it. And like, you're just like a horrible person. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's one of the things we try to do, like remove that stigma, understand disease processes, where they come from. And, and like I said earlier, you know, not a single cell in the body, but yet throw this, throw this, throw this. 
Yeah. And I think too, it, I'm only going to talk from my experience in the therapy world. Right. Um, it, to me, it parallels the conventional medicine world a little bit. Like, well, you're just born with this. We're just going to have to learn how to manage that behavior, which like I cast so, which just feels like as a client, like, okay, I'm fucked for the rest of my life. Like I might as well just do shit that makes me feel better because you got I it. can't change this. Yep. You got it. Right? And I hate that model. It's yep. like people that are depressed already feel hopeless. That just goes ahead and puts icing exactly. on the cake. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. got it. And that's where, where I, like, I think I said earlier, it's like, you get to take that power back and understanding, yeah. whoa, like I can live out my life differently. Yes. That's do you know how much that changes somebody's? I mean, I'm sure you do, but do you know how much that changes someone's life to have that hope? Completely. Yeah. Yep. That's huge. Yep. It's life-saving. And, and the emotional pressure that comes off as a result of that too. Like, all right, here's the game plan and here's why. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So do you have like a, and you can answer this or not answer this. Um, <laughs> Uh, my like my agenda in the world is to change the way we do mental health in the u.s because it's not working um what suicide's gone in the military from 22 a day to 30 something a day it's not fucking working um exactly so that's definitely my agenda but i just think what you have is like another piece of like the golden ticket how are you do you have plans to get this like in hands of people like us where we can use it or like oh sure yeah yeah or like yeah, what so, is, yeah. so we work with treatment centers. We work with um, individual physicians. We work with coaches and therapists. We work with naturopaths. We work with um, people that are incarcerated in the justice system. Um, so we're out there, you know, trying to make people's lives better, you yeah. know, and, and in every way, this really can change the outcome of an individual's life. This could change the outcome of our society. Like yeah, your work, to your, to your our point. work yeah. to like empower the humans of like, this is how we support your body. This is how we manage your mind and your emotions. Like we literally change society with this. Absolutely. No, no, I, I would agree with you because <clears throat> that's the stepping stone to the way someone thinks is because of what's driving that, right? And as I said, when we started, had... The model we've been using worked. I would have never continued to go down the path that I did and wind up where we are today. It doesn't work. It is the definition of insanity. And and to to your point about the veterans, I'm going to say 12, 13 years ago, I was at Fort Hood talking to families of um, military And at that time, they were claiming 12 suicides a day on Fort Hood. And every person in that auditorium said double to triple that number. And that's the truth that we're not being told. That was 12 to 13 years ago. We are so far worse today. Mm -hmm. And, and, And more that people can become empowered with information of how to take your health back, the better. Because... We are not on any shortage of giving out meds. I mean, we consume 80% of the entire world's pain medications and we make up 5% of the globe. That that could get me on a tangent forever. 
you know, is our pain physical? Is it emotional? Is it intellectual? Is it spiritual? I would say it's all of it. Exactly. Because of the way we've been trained to think or conversely not think, <laughs> follow. Yeah. Right? We're all in agreement yeah. here. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. I mean, I talk about like that so much in my coaching practice and, and I coach just every day, you know, everyday women that want to get unstuck right. and more. Right. Yep. It's like, stuff. it's the programming. Yeah. Right? Totally. It's like, we've been programmed from parents, religion, society of like how to think. And it's all about like functioning out of our childhood survival mechanisms and not how to process emotion or not. Hey, I have 60,000 thoughts a day. Most of those are subjective interpretation of reality. They're not facts. So they're right. optional. Like we're right. not taught any of that. And 80% of those being on the repeat loop, right? You just keep doing the same thoughts, same yeah. thoughts, same thoughts. Yeah. 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 And that my reticular activating system is constantly looking for evidence to validate those beliefs. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why don't we know this? Like, I don't know. Because it would empower people. Yeah. And then it costs some people some money, apparently, or something, because that's apparently what drives everything. It, well, absolutely. I mean, people someone's not depressed because they don't have enough Elevil in their body yet you would be made to believe that's what's happening for you <laughs> you know you don't have enough wellbutrin in your body like stop and think about that mentality but the circus never slows down long enough to stop and look yeah, yeah. we're just we just take okay this is how you want me to think this is how i'll think this is how i'll think yeah yeah yeah. I tell folks all the time, our body is not deficient in prescriptions. That right. is not our missing piece. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah. You, you do great work, ladies. Oh, thank you. You too, too. I I'm just fascinated and like, I have so much respect for you. Thank you for doing this work. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it's, it's, it's changing people's lives and as you said that's how we're going to change society one life at a time yeah yeah for sure yeah thank you yeah it's an honor to to have you on you're blazing oh, trails thank you thank you i appreciate it you, you guys are doing your work as well you know we're all part of it everybody's got a spoke in the wheel yeah. yeah. I was going to say to you earlier, like, I wish I could show you because we we're, we're collecting our data, right? Like our clients come in, we test them. Um, we do the coaching and then some of my year long clients, we retest mm -hmm. at the end, but they all have a pre and post survey right. and like to do like when Carmen goes over their neurotransmitters with them in, in their session, it is amazing to watch. Most of them start crying because yep. they finally yep. feel seen and heard and validated. Like, yep. this is why I've been like this. Yep. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I just, I love that piece of it. It's like, they finally feel like, oh, I'm not crazy. This isn't just me. Right. Yeah. And this is fixable. Like, okay. My, I, my squirrel brain isn't like my brain. Like, it's just like, I'm not don't have the coenzymes to like have a calmer brain yeah exactly. it's not you so exactly. yeah 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 anything else ladies that you guys want to share i i think we had a great conversation yeah. <laughs> well because you are changing lives i want people to be able to reach out and connect with you however so how sure. can they connect with you or your work or follow you or whatever Sure. The easiest way would go to our website, uh, Wired for Addiction, all spelled out, www.wiredforaddiction.com. 
Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, but go to the website, take a look around everything. And if that resonates with you, we'll have a 15 minute conversation and see if there's something that could benefit you or, you know, point you in a direction of keep on doing this or go over there, but definitely to explore the latest in science and how that can help you. Yeah. And definitely check out her TED talk. I will include that in the show notes with how to connect with her and get on her newsletter. Like you have a great newsletter. Yeah, yeah, I subscribe you. to it. I read it. Um, so yeah. Thank you so much for being on here. I really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure, Dr. Carmen Kim. It's really been a, a, my pleasure to speak with you because uh, you guys are doing great work and keep it up. Keep it you. up. That's how lives change. It's true. We're going to change the world, ladies. All right. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Thank you for joining us. If this information was helpful, please share it with a friend. We appreciate it when you take just a few minutes to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast at. It helps expose our podcast to more people getting this information into more hands. Currently, we're in open enrollment for our New Beginnings program. Dr. Carmen and I work with individuals to increase their self-confidence by doing mindset work and addressing the neurochemicals and hormones so they can create confidence at a faster rate, therefore achieving our dreams and goals faster. If this is something you're interested in, you'll find our link in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you guys and we'll see you next episode.